I always dread preaching like this, to be honest with you. I really enjoyed all the everything that was going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to give you all this message. I'm going to do it fast. How about that? Does that make you feel better? <laughs> so, um, so what I want to talk to you about is um, preparation. Everybody say preparation. preparation. So I think we're in a time where God's trying to prepare us for something. And so that's been one of the things in my heart for the past few, several months. Is I've just had this uh, sense that God was preparing me personally for something. And I believe he's preparing the, us as a church for something. I, I wish I knew what it was, I mean, but it's something really good, okay? It's something really good. Uh, Larry uh, mentioned to me this morning that uh, the multiplier for grace was evil, right? Where sin abounded, grace much more. That's what the Bible says. So we're in a time where God really wants to, to bring forth the grace of God, you know, because there's so much evil going on. And so I'm going to read, first of all, Hebrews 11, 1 through 6. Can y'all hang with me? Uh, and I'm going to just tell you a few little thoughts out of that. And then I'm going to dial in on one person that I think is important. It says, now faith is the sub substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtain a good testimony. The elders attain a good testimony. By faith, we understand that, that the worlds were framed by the word of God. This, all this is really important, okay? Uh, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being dead still speaks. This is amazing. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him away. Don't you love that? Uh, for before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Isn't that beautiful? So let me just give you a couple of thoughts. Obviously, it starts out with the what we would call the definition of faith. And then it speaks about the elders of, of, of faith. And then there's a list of people in here, uh, you know, starting with Abel, Enoch, Abraham, these are all, and Abraham, of course, is the father of all the elders of faith. But when you read this, these are the elders of faith that are mentioned here. Moses is mentioned, Jacob's mentioned, uh, and there's just many elders of faith. And it says that's how they gained a, a good testimony. And so it begins with Abel. This, this is fascinating. There's more in this than we've seen. It begins with Abel, and it talks about how Abel... Uh, was able to enter into righteousness by a blood sacrifice. Okay, and so what Abel's faith, see each of these people have a, a, a faith, okay, that there's a dimension of faith in them. God had a faith. It talks about God's faith. God had a faith that when he spoke, something happened. And then it shifts to, to, to our faith, to the people's faith. Are y'all following this? So it begins with Abel who had this faith 
that he, he could not please God by based on what he did. That he pleased God, that God could only be pleased by blood. You hear what I'm telling you? And isn't that a beautiful picture right from the very beginning of humanity that God was beginning to reveal what made him happy and what would please him was, a, was the blood. The blood is what brings us near to God. The blood is what keeps us near. And that's what Abel's faith is all about. Isn't that beautiful? But then it shifts to Enoch. Enoch's the next guy in line. That's the person I want to talk to you about. You know, Enoch's a very interesting human being because Enoch's faith, faith, in other words, Abel's faith gets, tells us how to get in with God, how to be with God, how to, but then uh, Enoch's faith is about how to walk with God, how to please God. That's what his faith is all about. Isn't that fascinating? Are y'all with me this morning? And so, uh, and then, you know, of course, we have Abraham. So that's what the faith I've been saying. Well, I need Abraham's faith because Abraham had this faith of, I'm going somewhere, but I don't know where I'm going. Do y'all love that? Don't you love, hey, it's time for the church to move forward. Where are we going? I don't know. That's really good leadership. Oh, we're going to follow you and you don't know where you're going. Well, I'm just being Abraham. I'm, I'm dialing into his faith. But I think the Enoch faith is very, very vital for us. I, I really believe it is. And, and this is why I, I believe that. First of all, I wanted to tell you about this, uh, this prophetic word that was given in 2004 by a, a Chinese prophetic man, okay? So let me read what he said, okay? Uh, in 2004, the Lord told this, this Chinese brother that the year 2012 would be a very difficult year financially in the world, okay? Uh, the Lord also told him that this was not the big one, that there would be a total financial collapse eventually in the world, but it wouldn't be in 2012, Okay, so I went back and looked at 2012. This is interesting. In 2012, there was a recession in most of the world. There really was a recession in the United States, but because it was an election year, you know how things go. Things were covered up. Things were manipulated. But really, there was a, a, literally a worldwide recession happening in 2012, and especially in Europe, in the 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 European common market thing, uh, China, Asia, none of those countries would admit to it, just like we wouldn't admit to it, but there really was a, 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 a thing that happened. So uh, this prophetic guy said, Lord, what shall I t do to prepare for this? That's what he asked the Lord in 2004, and this is what the Lord told him. This is really amazing. The Lord spoke to him and said, you are to, to prepare an Enoch generation that will have a burning passion to pursue bridal intimacy with Christ. These will become his beloved remnant saints that will flood the face of the earth with Christ's likeness. Isn't that powerful? The reason I kept, I wrote that down probably, I don't know, a long time ago before 2012. But the reason it stuck out to me was that phrase about the remnant saints. 
Uh, all my life as a believer, I've heard this phrase about the remnant church. Some of y'all have heard that, right? Anybody else heard that remnant church uh, thing? And a lot of people, when I've mentioned it, because, I, you know, well, everybody's down on the church, right? All Christians are down on the church. Christians are down on other Christians. Everybody's down on somebody, right? <laughs> it's the way the world we live in. Let's cancel everybody out. Let's cancel the church. Let's cancel the Apostle Paul. <laughs> I don't like what Paul said there. Let's cancel him. That's literally going on in Christianity today. I guess you could call it Christian. I don't know what you call it. I think you call it insanity. <laughs> I'm not canceling Paul. <laughs> Just because I don't agree with something in the Bible don't mean I'm canceling it. Who, who do I think I am? If I'm canceling that, I'm canceling me. You know what I'm saying? So there's this insanity going on. But here's the thing that I believe I don't believe every church is going to be the remnant church. I believe there's going to be a people out there that are literally going to do this thing. And this thing right here, it says that they would be, uh, they would have a burning passion to pursue bridal intimacy with Christ. That would be one of the hallmarks and they would create, and they would release this Christ-likeness into the earth. That's what a remnant church is. That's what it's going to look like. There's going to be this passion for closeness with Jesus. There's going to be this hunger for this person and there's going to be a Christ-likeness that's going to come on them and they will affect the earth with the likeness of Christ. That's what God is trying to... I feel like all... I feel like that's why the remnant church thing has been important to me in my life because this is our destiny as a church. This is where God wants to bring Christianity. He wants to create an Enoch generation of people that burn for Him. Burn for Him and are not just burning for Him and not just, uh, you know, a bunch of crazy people. But they are literally Christ-like. They carry not only the fruit of the Spirit... Not only the nature of the Spirit, but the power of Christ. The anointing of Christ in the earth. But it won't be like a big, it won't be everybody. Because everybody will, are not willing to become those people. Because it's costly. It's costly. Are y'all okay? Whoo, Lord help. Let me read this to you from Genesis 5. I gotta hurry up, man. I'm running out of time here. Genesis 5, 21 through 24. This is about Enoch. There's not a lot said in the Bible about Enoch. Uh, actually, uh, in the New King James uh, Bible, uh, there's 51 words in the Old Testament about Enoch. 51 words about Enoch and 94 words in the New Testament. That's all this in the Bible about Enoch. It's all in the Bible. Uh, it says here he lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. In other words, he had a son named Methuselah. Y'all know Methuselah was the oldest person who ever lived, right? That's his claim to fame. He lived 960-something years, I think. So Enoch was Methuselah's daddy. Uh, after he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. All that's real important. Those little details, 65 years, then he had a son, then after that he walked with God for 300 years. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. He's only, you know, there's only been two people in the Bible that didn't die. Y'all know that, right? Enoch and Elijah. 
course, they're going to die, you know. Everybody gets to die once, right? Ain't the Bible say it's appointed for man to die once? You know, in the Bible, there are these people that call the two witnesses that show up in the Revelations. If I was going to be uh, putting some money on who those people were, it'd be Elijah and Enoch because they're going to die out there in the streets of Jerusalem. It's just my opinion. I can't prove that. But I think that might be who they are. So that's, Enoch lived in a very unique time. Uh, if That was Genesis 5. Genesis 6 uh, is talks about uh, when the Nephilim, uh, and you have heard of those guys, right? These were bad guys. These, these people called watchers. They came down to the earth. They were supposed to be watching over us and taking care of us. They were actually sent by God to watch over the earth and, and do God's bidding on the earth. But they got renegade on God and uh, had relationships with women. This is all in the Bible, y'all. This is crazy. They had relationships with women, and out of this relationship came these what they call Nephilim, and they were giants. That's what Goliath was. Most of y'all know Goliath. Goliath was an ancestor of these people, and that is really why the Lord had to destroy the earth because the human population, the DNA of the humanity became polluted with this DNA from these fallen watchers. That's a whole other subject. It's very fascinating. And so man became impure, and God could not save those human beings because Christ died for humans. You hear what I'm telling you? They got polluted with wrong DNA, and they became less human because they had other DNA in them. And therefore, that's why the flood happened. And if you can begin to understand it, you can begin to understand the mind of God and why God did certain things in the Old Testament that we find to be very difficult to handle because we think it's mean and ill, but really it has nothing to do with mean and ill. It was because of what God had to do because what was going on. There's a spiritual war going on, y'all, and it's been going on. Okay? And there's stuff that has happened that we don't really understand. And God gets accused of things when he's really a very loving father trying to protect his children. That's off the subject. But it is fascinating. Hey, I'm just, that was my hobby. My hobby is understanding the Bible and understanding what has happened in Scripture and why things are the way they are. And it's more than what we've thought. It's more than what we've understood, but it's not a simple thing, and I'm not an expert on it. Okay, everybody good? (laughs) So there's three important principles at work uh, in Enoch's life that will prepare us to be these remnant people, if you want to be. Okay, and this will be like the remnant church. Okay, number one, it says he walked with God. In fact, you could say that was besides him uh, just not dying, his main claim to fame is because it doesn't say anything in the Bible about Enoch preaching or Enoch building an ark or Enoch prophesying or Enoch having an anointing to heal or anything. It just says the dude walked with the Lord and was not. And that's all the Bible has to say about him. Okay, in fact, there's only three people in the Old Testament that it even mentions that walked with God. One of them was Adam. The second one was Enoch. The third one was Noah. Isn't that crazy? That they walk with God. That's his thing is he walk with God. In fact, if you think about the Christian life, that is one of the greatest metaphors for our relationship with God, right? Is walking with him. The Bible tells us stuff like walk in love, walk in truth, 
Don't walk like the unbelievers in the futility of their minds. There's just many scriptures in the Bible where it talks about walking. Right? Are y'all with it? So we have to wonder like, well, what does it really mean to walk with God? I've had this thing, walk with truth, that the Lord spoke to me, Byron, you want, you want to learn how to walk, walk, in, walk in truth? Walk with truth. You want to learn how to walk uh, in love? Walk with love. That's how you do this stuff. It's, walking in something is you learn to walk in something by walking with whatever that is. You want to learn how to walk in Becky? Walk with her. You know what I'm saying? That's what the Bible says, and this is, I don't think y'all got this. <laughs> Amos 3.3 3 says, can two walk together unless they are agreed? Yeah. Amos 3.3, 3, can two people walk together unless they are agreed? That word, word together has this meaning of rhythm. It means these people, you've got to be in some rhythm with this person. And, and, and so what walking with God is all about, it's not God getting in rhythm with us. It's us being in rhythm with God. That's what God, that's what Enoch was. He was in, in rhythm with God. He was in rhythm with the heart of God. He wasn't in rhythm with the world. He was out of rhythm with the world. He was out of rhythm with it. He wasn't flowing with the world. He was flowing with God. He wasn't flowing with social media. He wasn't flowing with the newest Stuff that's being said. He didn't flow with that stuff. He wouldn't be popular today. He wouldn't be popular because if he posted anything on social media, it would be counter to everybody because he was flowing with God. He was flowing with the heart of God. Whatever the heart of God was at that moment, that's what Enoch was. Isn't that a beautiful thought? And that's really what God's calling us. calling us to get in rhythm with him. And I love the rhythm word. You know, it's kind of what musicians do, right? Is they have this rhythm, like when they were singing together, they were all together, right? That's something special when that happens. And when we can get in rhythm with God, we can walk with God. One person used the illustration, you know, the bicycle built for two. Remember that thing? You know, y'all know what a bicycle built for two. There's two people on it. Well, they both got to be together on it. One can't be putting the brakes on while the other's trying to pedal. They're going to fall down. I think a lot of times we're trying to put the brakes on and God's saying no. And so really God's calling us to really get in rhythm with Him. We're in a time of getting in rhythm with God. Some of you, Lord help. Listen, some of us have gotten messed up, okay? Because your old rhythm is no longer working. Even if the old rhythm was God. God's in a new rhythm now. He's, he's singing another song. It's not that it's a different, but he's got a different beat going. And God's asking you to get in rhythm with him. He's inviting us to get in rhythm with him. You know, and, and so the way we get in rhythm, we just find out, like, what's your rhythm, Lord? You know, just tell me what your rhythm is. Tell me how to do this. Show me, and he'll do it. And, you know, we love that. I've heard this said many times, especially at funerals, you know, Enoch walked with God was no, was no more. It's like they went on a walk one day, and Enoch looked around like, wow, God, I'm so far away from home, and I'm so close to your home. Let's just go home with you. <laughs> Don't you love that? Yeah. Especially when you lose a loved one. They've gotten so close to that home 
their heavenly home that they look back at their earthly home, they don't want to come back. That's why people don't get raised from the dead a lot. Is they ain't, they're not coming back. I can just imagine somebody who, got, who died and went to heaven and people are trying to call them back and they're grabbing the altar. Like, no, you're not taking me back down there. I'm not doing that no more. They'll get over it. They'll be fine. <laughs> you know, we need to let them go sometimes. You know, unless the Lord says, we've prayed for so many dead people and none of them got raised. And Well, that may be a cop-out, right? Well, they didn't want to come back. That could be a cop-out or it may be the truth. But we always want to pray for the dead to be raised because Jesus raised the dead. Here's something important, though, about walk. I just want to say this to you. Everybody in this room has taken a step towards the Lord. I believe you have. If you came here this morning, you took a step, whether you realize it, but a step is not walking. You hear what I'm saying? We rejoice when we see our little babies take their first step. Oh, they take a step! And then they fall down. We don't consider them to be walking. You see, a walking is a series of steps. It's not one step on Sunday, and then Thursday you take another step. And then the next Sunday you take another step. It's a series of steps that you just keep walking with Him and keep going. I want to encourage you, if you're in a bad place, if you're in a hard place in your life, if you're in a broken place, keep walking towards Him. If you'll keep walking, you'll walk right into Him. You can't, you'll get in rhythm with Him. Just, that's what I do. I just keep going. I'm not going to let my stupidity stop me. You know, I'm not going to let when I fail and I fall to stop me. I'm just going to get up and keep going. That's all we have to do is get up and keep going. If you feel stuck in life, just, you got to keep moving. Like I shared that story last week of those horses that, sink into the quicksand when they stop to drink water in the Arkansas River. The only way they could save the horses is not let them stop and, stop and drink or they would sink. And that's really what we have to do. Are y'all good? The second thing it says he pleased God, uh, he's, it's verse 5, is he had the testimony that he pleased God. See, we think it might be difficult to please God. I'm just going to tell you my view of pleasing God. Would you like to hear it? Uh, how do we please God? It's faith. It tells us how to please God. It says without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if you have faith, you're automatically in. And, and this, but here's the key about it. It's faith working through love. Okay? It's faith working through love. That's how we please God. It's, it's a genuine faith. It's a real faith. Enoch had a relational faith with the Lord. Okay? There are some people in the New Testament that Jesus spoke to in Matthew 7, Lord, we did these miracles in your name. We prophesied in your name. We did all these great things in your name. And he said, I don't know you. Department, depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. And, and the reason he was saying that is because even though they had a faith that worked, they could, they could operate in the miraculous and they could operate in the prophetic, but they had no relationship with him. They didn't have a love relationship with him. They didn't have intimacy with him. You see what I'm saying? You see, that's what's important to God. God's a relational God. Y'all are looking at me like, y'all don't like this. I mean, you're kind of frowning at me. Listen to me. This is vital. This is the vital truth of the Bible. This is, God is love. God is love. We sing, we sing this this morning. We sing, we sing about being destroyed, being broken beyond measure and deciding in your heart that you're going to keep going with God. And why did you keep going? Because somehow you felt there was this love connection with Him. 
I don't think this is coming across real good. I'll tell you this. I can remember a specific day in my life where I was, I was scraping the bottom bad, you know, and I was trying my best to climb out of it, you know, trying my best to have what I thought was going to help me and make me good, which is at that time was revival and awakening and a move of God. I thought that was my answer. It wasn't my answer. And you know why it wasn't my answer? Because God didn't give me that. But he, this is what he told me. He said, my answer for you is my love. That's what he told me. Bob Jones, when he died and went to heaven the first time, he died. And <laughs> the first time he went to heaven, he, came, he actually came back. Is, here's what God was asking the people who came to heaven. Did you learn to love? And he made Bob Jones come back because Bob Jones had not learned to love. I think I may have mentioned that recently. That was the greatest prophecy he ever had was, did you learn to love? And I think in my life, I can say this. I, didn't, I, can, I don't think I can say I learned past tense to love, but I feel like in the last seven or eight years, that's the thing that God's been doing in my life, teaching me how to love. So I can say for sure I'm learning to love. Learning to love. And I, I, I don't know, you know, that's not cheesy. It sounds cheesy. It sounds, oh, yeah, yeah, God, you know. But I'll tell you, it's more profound than any of us know. Because that's the one consistent thing in my walk with God. And every season, I've gotten to go through a few revivals and a few awesome things in my life. And they stopped. Okay? But that never stopped. His love never stops. God is always love. He's love when you're on the mountaintop. He's love. He's loving when you're in the valley. And what He wants us to do is know Him as love in those places. And if we'll begin to know Him like that, and see, that to me is what Enoch, he had this relationship, a love relationship with the Lord. He knew that. And through all his 300 years of walking with God, he learned about God as love and that he wanted to be with God over everything else. That's what God wants to teach us. That's what God's been trying to teach this church for years. He's been trying to teach us to love, to know love. That really is it. If you had to boil it down to everything, that's it. And until we get that, which I think I'm getting it. I mean, I ain't perfect. I'm going to tell you all that. I ain't got it all down pat. But I know when the Lord spoke to me, I can take you right to the point. It's right up there in that playground up there one day. And I was a, I was a mess. I was a disaster in my heart. I was so broke of what was happening in my life. And that's really what he spoke to me. The thing for me is to learn to love. The thing for me is to know love, to experience love, to walk in love, walk with love. I wish we could get that. I hope we get that. But that's what this Ignat generation is going to be about. Their faith, their faith is going to be very relational. It's going to come out of a relationship with the Lord. It's not going to come out of naming and claiming or any of that. And I'm not against naming and claiming in any day. I mean, I'm, I'm in. You know? <laughs> naming and claiming, yes. You know, I'm in. I'm in, but I'll tell you this, I'm in on something even greater. 
you know, it's knowing him, knowing his love, and having that kind of faith. And my faith comes from love. It comes from being energized by love. That's what Enoch. Okay, the one other thing is, was this is the, the coolest thing. Uh, let's look at Jude. One. Can I just say this, though? Enoch realized how precious the presence of the Lord was in his life. You know, God's presence was precious to him. Is God's presence precious to you? I mean, seriously, is his presence really precious to you? Like, that's the precious thing for me. That's walking in, and his presence becomes the most precious thing there is. And you, you don't want to do anything to mess with that presence. God, bring us to that place. Bring the church to that place. You know, where we say, I don't want to lose that press. I don't want to lose that presence. I don't want that presence to ever go away. I don't want to ever live without that presence. Anyway, Jude chapter 1, verse 14 and 15. There's two people in the New Testament uh, that quoted from this book called, there's, Enoch wrote these books, or somebody wrote them. I guess he wrote them. There's these old books. Isn't it amazing? There's these ancient books called the Book of Enoch. There are three volume, volumes, books. And Jude actually quotes from the Book of Enoch. And if you go back and study the book of Enoch, church, early church fathers respected the books. Do y'all hear me? Early church fathers respected and honored those books of Enoch. So even though the books of Enoch are not Bible, they didn't put them on the level of the Bible, but they put them on a level that this is credible information that we need. They read those books. Obviously, Jude read them. Because he quotes them. Peter read them. He quoted them. Peter wasn't just some ignorant person. He read these books. And he actually pulled information out of these books and put it in the Bible. This is stuff from the book of Enoch in the Bible I'm fixing to read to you. Now, Enoch, the seventh from Adam, so he was seven generations from Adam, a direct in line of Seth, prophesied about these men also saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints. Straight quote out of the book of Enoch. To execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have committed in an ungodly way. There's a lot of ungodly stuff going on there. (laughs) And of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Okay? So a lot of people believe... That, that Enoch was seeing the end of time, the return of Christ. However, I think that's incorrect. I think what he was seeing was the flood that was going to come in a few years down the road. Actually, it was not a few. It was a lot of years, like, you know, I think 600 and something years that he was seeing this flood because of the ungodliness that was in the world and God had to destroy it. That's, that's what I really believe. Here's why I believe this, okay? This is powerful. Uh, it says uh, back in Genesis 5, 21 through 24. Let me read that again if you want to put that up. Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. So apparently Enoch was not following the Lord for 65 years. For sure he wasn't walking with God. Then he has Methuselah, and at that point he begins to walk with God. But here's the cool thing about it. When he had Methuselah, this is when he had this revelation that I just read to you in Jude. 
Are y'all following this? Because this is what it says. Uh, uh, the name Methuselah means when he dies, it will come. When he dies, it will come. In other words, what he was saying, this prophecy, when, when my son Methuselah dies, this prophecy is going to be fulfilled. Okay? It was, and, and Methuselah died 959 years later. Okay? And the very same year that he died, the flood came. Isn't that crazy? Did y'all get that? Now, there's a point to it. I mean, that's cool information in the Bible. I love that kind of information. That just stimulates me for some reason. I don't know why it does. It just gets me all fired up because there's stuff in the Bible that's amazing. But this is what I want to tell you. This Enoch generation are going to be people that have this power of revelation on them. You see, what happened to him was when he had his son, God revealed something to him that was going to happen in the earth in the future. And it stimulated him. It provoked him. It caused his walk with God to begin. Are y'all getting this? When he got the revelation, his walk with God began. God wants to give us some revelation because that's what it's going to take to get us where we need to go. We can't just go on informational stuff. we got to get something from And I believe this Enoch generation are going to be people of powerful revelation. They're going to see stuff. And it's not just going to see stuff and it's cool stuff. It's going to get in their hearts. And it's going to tear into them. It's going to tear into them and make them realize how precious God is. God is precious. And Enoch knew that. God showed him the secrets of what was going to happen. God is looking for people like that. He's looking for an Enoch generation that he can share his heart, even when it's a difficult heart to share. Don't you think the father was saying, Enoch, this is going to happen. I don't want it to happen, but it's going to happen. It must happen. I hate it's going to happen. It's like God was looking for a friend to with, to share the deepest things of his heart with. And he found that in Enoch. He found a person that he could share this kind of thing with. Y'all, is this making sense to anybody? So, one, here's my little summary and ending. Nine minutes late. Yeah. So, Enoch, hey, this is a 35-minute message. I don't know who's talking about me preaching too long. This is two weeks in a row I've done 35 minutes. You know, when the Lord starts moving, you have to have messages that you can break up into pieces. So I always told people, if when the Lord moves, have your message set up so you can kick half of it into a trash can. Because, you know, that's just the way it goes. Right, Marlon? Marlon knows. All right, one, he walked with God. Two, he pleased God. And three, he was prophetic or he had this power of revelation on him. That's, that's what God wants to do. That's, that's a remnant church. Those three things. That's a remnant saint is to have those three things working in their life. Anybody in? Yes. I'm, I'm in. I am one. Of, and so this is what, in my heart, I say, this is what God's getting me ready for. God's going to give me and give you or anybody who's going to, he's going to download some revelation on you. I believe that with all my heart. You may have never had revelation working in your life, but God wants to give it to you. He's looking for people. All he wants you to do is start walking with him. 
and just start walking with him and learn to love him. Learn to receive his love. The more you receive God's love, the more you can love God. The more you can love yourself, the more you can know yourself. The more you can love other people, the more you can move in the Spirit. See, that's how this works. It just all works on just letting God reveal His powerful love to you. You can't love God without God. It's impossible to love Him. How can you love some invisible creature that doesn't seem to do what you want Him to do? Most of the time. And then when he does it, it's not time to do it, right? Oh, I prayed. I'm not ready for this. (laughs) But you can love him when he begins, you begin to experience his love. You know, and you just keep letting him love on you and love on you. And eventually what happens, you will begin to love yourself. Literally, you will begin to love yourself. And as you begin to love yourself, you begin to know the true you your true identity, who you really are, and why God has created you and put you on this earth, what you're all about. And then after that, you begin to love other people. You begin to see them the way God sees them. You begin to have empathy. You begin to have sympathy. You begin to have compassion. You begin to want to see them come into what you have. You want them to experience this love. Love is a power. It gives you everything. And then the downloads from heaven can just begin. God is looking for people he can reveal tomorrow to. He's wanting to talk to some people about your tomorrow, my tomorrow, the tomorrow of the United States of America, the tomorrow of Colombia, South America, the tomorrow of Argentina, South America, God, the tomorrow of India, okay? The tomorrow of Kenya, God is looking, the tomorrow of Ghana, He is looking for people that can receive that and He can entrust that to. And it begins to impact them. It really is. Count Donna Color in. Let's stand up. (laughs) We're going to finish this. We're going to say, Lord, help. (laughs) Help us, Lord. Yeah, we want to be an Enoch generation. We want to be Enoch saints, Lord. Lord, somehow help us to do that. Help us to walk with you, Lord. Help us to know love. Help us to learn to love. Help us to learn to love, Lord. Mm. Help us to learn love, Lord. I just pray for everybody in this room. They just, just, look, just learn to love. Learn about love. Whatever, however it works in all of us, Lord. That we would please you, Lord, with our faith, because our faith would come out of love. Mm. We just ask you to do that, Lord. Lord, we just pray for revelation, the the power of revelation, the the power of the prophetic, the true prophetic just coming down out of heaven. Lord, just release that, that spirit of wisdom and revelation. Just release that on us, Lord. More and more, that, that more revelation can, and we'd get trusted with levels of revelation, greater revelation. And Lord, we would not only have revelation, we would have interpretation skills and understanding skills, application skills. We would know how to apply it. We would know how to interpret it. We would know how to release it at the right place at the right time. Lord, we're asking you to do that today. 
Hey, if you want that, raise your hand to the Lord and just say, I want it, Lord. I need it, Lord. I need your revelation. My family needs it. My country needs it. My best friend needs it. My wife and children need it. I need to know what schools my kids need to go to. I need to know it by revelation. I don't need to know it by common knowledge. Lord, we're asking you for something greater, Lord. We're asking you to do something for us, Lord. We don't want to be common Christians. We don't want to be just normal people. I didn't sign up, Lord, just to be normal. I signed up to walk with you, Lord. I signed up to get in rhythm with you, Lord. We ask you to release that today on people, Lord. That we would just determine in our hearts that your presence is precious. It's precious, Lord. Show us how precious you are, Lord. Show us why those people in heaven fall all over themselves to worship you. And throw all their crowns and all their glory at your feet, Lord. Lord, show us that. Show us what we sang this morning. Of how awesome and glorious you are. Let it be a reality in our life, Lord. Lord, I ask you to do this in the name of Jesus. I ask you, Lord. I'm asking you. Don't stop, Lord. Don't stop with us, Lord. We've gone too far. We've been through too much, Lord. We've been broken too many times and disappointed. We've made a mess too many times. And somehow you've rescued us. Lord, help us become an Enoch generation. And walk in that Enoch faith in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Thank you, Byron. That was fiery. Yeah, feel the electricity in that one? Amen. Just say, I'll receive it. There we go. So we can have the ministry team come up here so that they can lay hands on you if you want Father prayer. In the meantime, you dismiss. Happy Mother's Day. Okay, husbands, enjoy your wives and bless them. Kids, enjoy your mothers and bless them. And may the Father's face shine upon you. May His love be upon you. And may His grace chase you. Amen.